0: You heard the words of Isaiah, and then we had Paul's letter to the Corinthians, and then we heard the words of Matthew. If we listen carefully, we realize that what Matthew does as he composed his gospel is he takes the Old Testament as a template and places it upon the words that he is going to give us about Jesus. Now that happens a lot in Matthew. Why? Matthew's talking to a Jewish Christian audience. They were Jews first. So when Matthew takes segments of the Old Testament and quotes them or uses them as a fulfillment in the gospel, he writes, The connection is very obvious that the Old Testament, we call it old, but it was the Testament, was a preparation for the new covenant, Jesus. He does that clearly today. When Isaiah is talking about these cities, a little bit of background. We're talking 8th century BC. Jesus is, of course, first century. And in the 8th century BC, Israel was threatened at this point by a great empire, Assyria. And they were moving in from the north and conquering different cities as they proceeded. Now, Isaiah is telling the people of Zebulon and Naphtali, the area north of Israel, hang on, God's going to help you. God's going to send you light. As he's saying this, the towns are falling. Some say the people of Israel never saw the promise that Isaiah made. But we do. As we continue, he describes it as the seaward road, the land of West of Jordan, district of of Gentiles. And you probably say, yeah, 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 yeah. But the Sea of Galilee, it's not a sea, it's a lake. They call it Lake Gennesaret, Sea of Galilee, Lake of Tiberias. It's a huge lake. And Jesus lived near there. Capernaum was right off that lake. Now we're going back. So Isaiah is saying... To the people who are being attacked, hang on. Anguish has taken leave. Dispelled is the darkness. Hope is coming. And you have seen a great light. Now, the people are listening to this. They're saying, "Um, there's no light. We're, We're being conquered. Some of our people are being taken off as slaves into... Assyria, it's pretty dismal. But yet he's encouraging them, saying, all you suffered will be taken off your shoulders. Even the rod of the taskmaster, those who beat you, will be removed. And it'll be smashed. And the people of Israel lived through this disaster and never saw the fruits of it. But it stayed in the scripture because it was a prophecy. Isaiah predicted it. Someday it's going to happen. So they never ripped out the page and said, Well, th- that's over. That never happened. Because they always were waiting for f- fulfillment. It wasn't the here and now. You know, we, we, we're, especially in America, we're like here and now people you want to get somebody's attention, you text them, and if they're in California or in Italy, they'll get that message immediately. That wasn't the case 8th century B.C. So when the prophet wrote, they respected his writings, although they didn't always understand them. And they waited because he promised someone will relieve our anxiety notice what matthew does don't forget matthew is talking to a jewish audience well aware of the prophecies well aware of the of the testament what we call the old testament and this is how he begins his gospel saying jesus heard one disaster already happened john the baptist was beheaded he's dead something in jesus inspired him to then begin his ministry he left his hometown nazareth which was a dinky little town that nobody really knew about nobody really held any hope for and we'll hear that later on in the scripture when he's described as someone who came from Nazareth. people say Nazareth. Can anything good come from Nazareth? So he leaves Nazareth, and he goes to Capernaum by the sea. Again, it's the sea. It's the, Medi- it's the, the what we call the Lake G- Genesaret, Tiberias, or the Sea of Galilee, where a lot of activity is happening. The fishermen are there. It's right next to Capernaum, where Jesus decides to live, and which eventually becomes Peter's home. Capernaum and while this is happening Matthew places his action in the context of the template he uses Isaiah saying remember land of Zebulon land of Dephtali the way of the sea beyond the Jordan Galilee of the Gentiles people who sit in darkness have seen a great light remember that Then Jesus says, repent. Jesus begins his ministry. The kingdom of God is at hand. The promise fulfillment that people waited centuries for is at hand in Jesus. So Matthew's trying to get us to understand he fulfilled that ancient prophecy. And how does he fulfill it? We hear it through his whole life. But in this case, he's telling people the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He is bringing the king of kingdom of heaven. And heaven can be anything you, you imagine it to be. People have just as much of imagination as you do, as we do, about what the kingdom of heaven is. But it's a change from what is. Because even then, people were subjugated to Rome this time. They were suffering high taxes, enslaved in so many ways to Rome. Not Assyria, but Rome. And Jesus comes on as a light. Remember the promise of Isaiah. A light will shine upon you. And from that light, God's reign will begin. Matthew has the gospel here and the scriptures of the Old Testament here. And he's going like this. Now, I wasn't there, so I'm just imagining. He's going like this. Jesus did that. Jesus went to Capernaum. Jesus met Peter, James, and John. Jesus came from Nazareth and went to that area where many more people were. And then he, the, the wheels start turning. How Jesus is the fulfillment And what does he do to further his message? He chooses. Peter, James, John, Andrew, they were fishing. He's by the sea. It's it's their livelihood. It's their their bread and butter. And he says, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of people. Matthew must have been so amazed when he put this together. He had realized that the light that was promised eight centuries ago is right here, right on the sea of Galilee. And that light chooses followers. Follow me, he says. Peter, James, and John, Zebedee's kids all dropped their nets. Now, I don't know exactly if that happened exactly, but they left their professions to follow Jesus, and this begins the ministry of Jesus. This begins, in some ways, the church. So the light that was promised to the Old Testament centuries ago is finally here. And... and What's the indication? Well, what does Jesus do? Goes around Galilee, goes to the synagogues, preaching the good news, the gospel, curing illnesses, healing disease, hope. He's bringing hope. He's bringing fulfillment of disaster in a changed way as a sign of hope. He knew what the people of ancient Israel went through. He knows what the people there in his his own period are going through. Because he's the son of God, he knows what you and I are going through. His ministry didn't stop at Capernaum. His ministry continued. That's why he chose the apostles, so they can go out and be fishers of people, you and me. How did we get into this church? Not the building, but the church, the body of Christ. How did we get into it? By the Holy Spirit, encouraging our ancestors, our parents, sometimes our own choice, to be baptized, to be one in the family of God, one in the light of God, one in the fulfillment of God's only Son. What do we do with all this? We have disasters today. We have Christian nation against Christian nation, Ukraine and, and Russia, what Paul referred to in the second reading, people being at odds, but Christians must be of one heart and mind. How is it happening today? We have natural disasters left and right. We have floods and earthquakes. We have everything going on in California. We have the wars throughout the world. We have the the murders of Christians in Nigeria and, and throughout Asia. So the disastrous period is still going on, but in this disastrous period, we have the light. We have Jesus. He's with us. Well, things are still falling apart in so many ways in so many countries, But yet we have the hope and the light with us that He will give us a place in the kingdom, not in the next world, His kingdom here and now, through our repentance of the old ways, the getting even, the gun for gun, the knife for knife, by giving us a new method of forgiveness, of caring of telling us when our sisters and brothers are in need. It's up to us to feed them and nurture them and educate them. And yet, it still goes on. We have disasters on our streets. So we haven't quite gotten the whole message activated yet. The message of Jesus as light of the world. But his light, Jesus, is still walking among us. Where one person does an act of kindness, the light of Jesus is there. Where we forgive one another in our homes or businesses or in our streets, the light of Jesus is there, dispelling the darkness. Where we activate our faith, where we put the values of Catholic theology into action, education, Healthcare, social services, the sacraments, marriage, reconciliation, the Eucharist. When we are utilizing the actions of Jesus, we're bringing his light into the world, dispelling the darkness of evil. Is evil here? Yes. Read the papers. Listen to your Twitters. We know evil is here but we also have the light with us. It's not a long-off promise. He's with us. So as we celebrate a few weeks ago his birth in the flesh, we continuously celebrate and monitor, monitor his life with us. We activate it through prayer. Yes, this is the great prayer, the church, the mass, but we activate it through prayer at home, on the street, wherever we are. When we do one act of kindness, we're joining the light of Jesus. Jesus sends us as the light into the world, getting rid of the darkness of doubt, disaster, and sin. Okay, so Jesus called Peter, James, John, Andrew. He also called each one of us. Each one of us is his apostle, sent to bring his light into our lives, our families, and the world.